Welcome everyone to another episode of the Chaldean Priest Show. This is Father Daniel, and today I'll be commenting on another text from the Chaldean Liturgy, and mainly talking about the servitude of Christ. All right, let's get started. All right, I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and doing well. I'm currently watching the San Diego Padres, unfortunately, lose to the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's still a close game. There's still many innings left in the game, so I hope my San Diego Padres could pull through with another win. And if you're not a Padres fan, I'm sorry. I hope I can change your mind because it is amazing being a Padres fan. Okay, so today I'll be talking, like I said in the beginning, I'll be talking about I'll be basically commenting on two basilica hymns. One is on the fourth Sunday of the resurrection, and the other is the fifth Sunday of the resurrection. According to the Chaldean liturgy, these two basilica hymns are typically read during uh, the Saturday evening prayer. And the first one has to do with uh, the cross and how it was established in Jerusalem and how the cross brought together uh, the lost tribes of Israel, the 12 lost tribes of Israel. And the second one talks about Jesus as a servant and how his servitude really brought together uh, the true faith and brought together the whole people of God and how at him as being a servant strengthened uh, many people around, especially uh, the woman at the tomb. And there's really a nice harmony between these two basilica hymns. So the first one says this. It says, so it talks about the cross and it says, this cross gathered the nations together and brought them into the kingdom, that paradise of heaven, which Adam lost when he disobeyed. The second Adam conquered in Judah, returning its land to the kingdom. He sees power in heaven and on earth, for behold, the assemblies of the angels worship him, and they all cry out in one voice, thanksgiving to the Son of the Lord of all. So what's this author of this Basilica hymn doing? So when he's talking about conquering Judah and returning the land to the kingdom, so this is a reference to the Old Testament that talks about how, because after Solomon's death, there was a big split in the kingdom. So Israel took the north of the kingdom, and Judah took south. And during this big split, there was always a sense of these lost tribes of Israel being gathered again and brought together again. And Christ here being called the second Adam, and in this basilica hymn saying that this second Adam returned the land to the kingdom, what this is referring to is Christ being the foundation of unity. Unity within these kingdoms were lost. And this number 12, the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, is an obvious reference to his 12 apostles that he chose, that he brought to himself, that he, he united to his body. And that's what's happening here. The cross unites these lost tribes to himself these lost tribes who are now his 12 apostles and who will go out 
even though they are being separated, they're still being united by the body of Christ. Whereas during the division of the 12 tribes of Israel, they were divided in and of themselves. And there was nothing sort of holding them together. But now we see what Christ is doing, his fulfillment of the Old Testament. And that second basilica hymn that I read, it it sort of uh, works right in this because it begins by saying this. It says, A servant descended from heaven and shook the foundations of the earth. He made those who guarded you like dead men. And he strengthened the woman who came to your tomb and said, Why do you cry and why do you seek the one crucified by men and buried like a man? He has risen above nature. Come and see the place where he was placed. He who has abounding mercies. It begins by depicting Christ as the servant, servant who descended from heaven. Why is Christ being called the servant here? Because, I mean, in the English language, being called a servant, it's a derogatory term, right? It's it's something that is frowned upon, it's something that's looked down upon, it's something that no one wants to be called. But here they're calling Christ, the Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, being called a servant who descended from heaven. Now, this is the idea, this is the exact idea of uniting all things to himself, as St. Paul says. The way Christ was able to unite all things to himself, especially those who are lost, is his servitude. The way Christ served in his ministry and during his entire life here on earth is a testament to the reality of us also being able to unite ourselves to the body of Christ. And this is one of the main reasons why the successor of Peter, the Pope, signs his name. For example, Pope Francis now, he signs his name with uh, any article, he writes any encyclical, any letter. He signs his name, Pope Francis, Servant of Servants. And Pope Benedict did that, and this is a big tradition uh, in the pontificate. And one of the reasons why is because this reality of servitude with Christ. And it's funny because sometimes, you know, I'll be wearing my cassock and, you know, there will be some laborious work around uh, the cathedral that I'm doing. And when someone sees me, you know, picking up boxes, putting them somewhere else, so on and so forth, they, uh, you know, they approach me right away and say, oh, no, Father, you shouldn't be doing this. Let me do this, so on and so forth. I could see where people are coming from when they you know, see me working and they see themselves wanting to fulfill this laborious work that I'm doing. But uh, what the reality is, is that we're here to serve, right? Christ said, I came not to be served, but to serve. And this reality comes from the very beginning of uh, the salvation story when, when God was made incarnate through Jesus Christ. Jesus, throughout his entire life, was serving. And this idea of service goes a long way because, like I gave you that example of, you know, myself uh, during, you know, doing certain laborious works around the church, the priesthood is completely embodied in this life of servitude. Every aspect of it, whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical, whether it's sacramental, so on and so forth. And Understanding this reality of servitude can flourish a human being. 
If you're listening to this and you're a parent of a family or you're a sibling of a family, no matter what position you hold in this world, being a servant is not something that is degrading, but is something that transforms the human person into something much greater than we are. And that's really when we start experiencing Jesus' supernatural grace in our lives. When we serve others, when we're able to grow this humility to serve others with whatever aspect it may be, the idea of service is completely united to Christ. And I think that's one of the main reasons why this author of this Basilica hymn begins with saying, a servant descended from heaven. And look how striking this is, right? A servant descending from heaven. We might see this as, you know, whoever descends from heaven needs to descend in this very glorious and uh, magnificent way. But Jesus completely turns the human mind to something different. And that is the idea of servitude. And with that being said, one of the ways Jesus was able to unite all things to himself was his servitude, but also the cross. And there is a correlation between these two realities. When we serve, it requires a sacrifice. And in order to sacrifice, we need to go outside of ourselves and look at the bigger picture, you know, because I'm sure there are a lot of things in our lives that, you know, maybe distract us, maybe irritate us, you know, maybe there are some people that we would never think in a million years that we would sacrifice for or maybe serve. But when we go out of our comfort zone in order to serve others, we are being like Christ. And that is transformative in our lives. And we should really think about this. What are the ways we're able to sacrifice for others in our lives? And something very interesting, and I know I mentioned this in one of my, you know, I think it was my first or second episode for this podcast, is what St. Paul did. So I'm planning on doing this Bible study on St. Paul uh, in this podcast. And what St. Paul did was he first went to the people of his town. He first went to the people that were, that were closest to him to preach the gospel and preach the good news to them. And then he went outside of that territory. And that's what happens with us too. This pedagogy that Paul is using, it could be relevant to each and every one of us. We first begin with what's in the home what is under our roof, and what we're able to contribute in that aspect. And then we can go outside of ourselves. So it begins with sacrifice for our loved ones that are closest to us, doing everything we can to sacrifice for them. And what does that entail? That entails us going above and beyond. So for example, when you know people ask me if they're, uh, you know, if they're impatient or they struggle with a certain vice, I would tell them to emphasize that certain vice. So for example, if someone is struggling with, let's say, lying, 
I would tell them to go out of their way to tell the truth even if they don't have to, just so they can get used to that reality. And the same thing goes for service. When we make it a point to serve others, we shouldn't do it, number one, for any prideful reason. And number two, we shouldn't do it to get the attention of others. But rather, the main goal should be to have the ability to get out of our comfort zone and do the very thing that's right. And the thing that is right is being like Christ here on earth. And there are a lot of things that may distract us from this. There are a lot of things that may discourage us from doing this. But this is something that can really potentially draw us much closer to happiness in our lives. And this is really a happiness that no one can strip away from us. So with that being said, I have a few things I want to mention in my segment on the lines then. So why don't we get started? Okay, here I want to talk about pre and post COVID because there is a big disconnect with everything that's going on. So before COVID, I'm sure we still had our own problems. We still had things that were going on in our lives. But I'm sure there was still something driving us. We still had these goals in mind. We still had our aspirations, whatever, so on and so forth. But now what I've been noticing is a lot of people have become discouraged, have become discouraged about the aspirations they had in their lives, their goals they had set for themselves, and, you know, anything else that they had planned in their lives. And then after COVID, I've noticed, uh, especially me as a priest, I've noticed an increase of anxiety, of depression, of discouragement, of melancholy, of just being very gloomy. And I think one of the reasons why is because we have become so obsessed from this virus. Of course, it is something serious. It is something that was worldwide. It is something that is very deadly. I agree with that. But what I mean by obsessed is being and checking social media constantly with what's going on with this virus and being skeptic about the vaccines that are coming out, being skeptic about whether this virus is man-made or not, being skeptic about whether this virus exists or not, and thinking about, you know, I even started seeing some people talk about whether Bill Gates was behind all of this and whether people want to put a chip in our body because of the vaccine and track us and whatever, so on and so forth. I want everyone to know that the only thing these things contribute to is our anxiety. All it does is increase our nervousness. It will increase our anxiety. It will increase our unsteadiness in our lives. And it will do us no good. And I think the best approach to have to this is understanding that, okay, COVID-19, it happened. It is something that a lot of people uh, had. It is something that maybe some people had worse than others. 
but it is something that exists now. And what we can do to have more peace in our lives and less anxiety is to focus on our day-to-day obligations and our day-to-day duties and the responsibilities that we have in our lives. And I think when we do that and we sort of pull our way, pull ourselves away from the news, from social media, and from the skepticism that this world is causing us will give us much more ease in our lives. And I encourage all of you to do that, please. Because anything else that we add to this will hinder our day-to-day functions in our lives. And I'm sure many of you would agree that we don't have much time to waste in our lives, let alone giving our time and effort to you know, the news and different articles that are coming out, whatever it may be. And I'm sure most of my podcast listeners would know that I constantly repeat for us to be in touch with reality. We need to look at reality and we need to live in reality constantly. And anything that's causing us to live in this sort of false reality and fantasy world with what's going on and this uncertainty about things will cause us to pull away from the reality that's in front of us. So this is a good opportunity for all of us to accept what's going on in this world and do our best to be the best version of ourselves. So that is my episode for today. And I posted this on social media. I'm not sure if many people heard, but I will now be uploading my episodes on Mondays. So every Monday, there will be a new episode for the Chaldean Priest Show on podcasts. So look out for that. And also, the Padres beat the Dodgers today. So go Padres, and I am predicting that we win the World Series this year. And if you're not a baseball fan, I'm sorry, but you should root for the Padres anyways. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're not a baseball fan and you don't really care much about the Padres, why would you care who you're rooting for, right? So just root for the Padres. It wouldn't hurt you. Okay, so that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed my episode. And as always, if you have any questions, please be sure to reach out to me on social media. But until then, see you next time.